Hey, architecture firm owners and emerging leaders, get ready for unparalleled insight into the development of a world-class architecture firm and a worldwide organization driving the digital transformation of the design and construction industry with Build Smart, the podcast that's changing how our profession operates. We share the incredible stories behind innovation in the building industry with my friend and co-host, Patrick McLaney, FAIA, former CEO of the international architecture firm, HOK. You know, Yamasaki's office or firm lasted during his lifetime. And when he passed away, I think that was the end of the Yamasaki office. Helmut did not want that. He wanted a firm that would live out and grow beyond the founders. In season one, discover the untold stories behind HOK's meteoric rise, from 150 employees in St. Louis to a powerhouse with over 1,900 staff members and 27 offices worldwide. You know, they weren't as polite as the Kojima people. That was just boom. And anytime you have a creditor, whether it's Kojima or the bank, that wants their money, unless you can raise money someplace else, you are out of business. Bankrupt. Bankrupt. And hold on tight for season two, where Patrick takes us on a new adventure as chairman of Building Smart International, shaping the future of digital transformation in the design, construction, and operation of built assets. Ian Howell, Ken Harold, and I, Ken was my technical representative from HOK. The three of us took a tour of Europe of five cities in five days. Very busy time. Simply follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Build Smart Now and uncover lessons that will transform you and your architecture firm. I want you to succeed as a small firm architect. I want you to have the money you need to live the life you want. That's why I decided to give away one of our best digital courses, Profit for Small Firm Architects, for free. For more information and to gain unlimited free access right now, go to entrearchitect.com slash free course. This is Entree Architect Podcast, and you're listening to episode 156. Welcome back to the Entree Architect Podcast. My name is Mark Arlapage, and this is the podcast dedicated to a successful life as a small firm architect. Whether you have plans to someday start your own firm whether you're in the process of launching a startup or you might be an experienced small firm architect just trying to make a difference, this podcast is for you. My goal is to inspire you to build a better business so that you may pursue your purpose with passion and live the life of your dreams. This week, I have another great example of an architect pursuing his dreams following his passion, serving a market outside the traditional architectural design firm business model, and building a successful company. This week at Entree Architect Podcast, The Architect Specialist, with Alan Stein of Tanglewood Conservatories. This episode of The Entree Architect Podcast is sponsored by NCARB, helping architects reach their goals Explore your options today at ncarb.org. And TrueStyle, the leader in high-end architectural interior doors. Learn more at entrearchitect.com slash TrueStyle. And FreshBooks, the easiest way to send invoices. 
manage your expenses, and track your time. Learn more at freshbooks.com slash architect. Alan Stein, welcome to Entree Architect Podcast. Hi, Mark. How are you? I'm great. I'm, I'm excited to have you here today. You're the owner and co-founder and director of architecture at Tanglewood Conservatories. You, you're a, a recent sponsor, and I appreciate your support of Entree Architect. Um, you're based in Baltimore, Maryland, and you're an architect turned entrepreneur, which is why I wanted you here. I wanted to have you uh, come share your story um, and, uh, and kind of give us an, an idea of what it's like to be an architect and then have an idea and an inspiration and a passion because I know you have a passion about what you're doing. We've had conversations. I met you originally in California in Sonoma when I was at the CRAN Symposium this past September. Uh, you and I uh, sat at the same table for breakfast and we introduced ourselves uh, and you started telling me your story and I got inspired and, uh, and I saw your passion um, and I think we connected really well because I th think you also felt my passion about what I'm doing with Entree Architect. And so it was exciting to, to sit with you and hear your story. So I wanted to get you here on the show so you can share your story and, and maybe inspire some other people. Um, but, but, but before we do that, before we do that, before we get into that, I want to hear your origin story. I want you to tell, tell, uh, tell your story about, you know, where you, where you discovered architecture, um, what inspired you to become an architect, and then that journey from that point forward to where you find yourself today with Tanglewood Conservatories. Sure. Um, for me, it started fairly early. Uh, as a kid, I loved building things. I would, my dad had this great workshop down in the basement. I would build things. I'd build them out of metal, out of wood, anything I can think of, always cool projects. And I also liked to draw. Uh, I remember my mom had enrolled me in some uh, anatomical drawing classes, and I just loved the idea that with a pencil and paper, I could bring life uh, to something on, on, on a page, and that was really exciting. So it wasn't until much later uh, in my life that uh, I became a craftsman, and I, was a, I did a lot of woodworking. Uh, I worked in home construction business and some cabinet making. Uh, and I got to the point where I recognized that although I had a skill in, as a craftsman in terms of making things and building things, even artistic kind of things, um, I recognized that there was a design side that I lacked. Um, I'd been hanging around with some friends who had been through art school and were doing some really cool uh, printing and designing. And I recognized that that was a side of my skill base that I did not have. And so I decided to pursue that. Um, and I went to um, the California College of Art, um, started out with design. And about two years through that program, I realized that um, as much as I loved the work I was doing in design, I also loved the building and the natural marriage of the two was architecture and uh, decided to uh, change course and go into a traditional architecture program. So um, went through the professional program at University of Maryland, graduated uh, with a degree, went to work as an architect. Um, but I soon found that um, I was I was not really satisfied doing the traditional architecture 
path because I liked making things myself too much. So uh, after a few years, I decided to jump out and kind of go non-traditional. And I went to work for a design build firm, uh, kind of saw their business model, recognized that it was something that I could adopt and do myself, launched into that and had a fairly successful design build firm um, until one day a client showed up and showed me a picture of this beautiful English style conservatory and asked if we could design and build one. And um, being an entrepreneur, I never would say no to anything. So I quickly said, sure. And uh, we wound up with the contract to build that room. At which point, my partner Nancy and I had to work really hard to figure out, okay, we've got the job. Now, how are we going to actually build this thing? So we actually, first thing we did was hop on a flight over to England and do a lot of on-the-ground research, came back, did a lot of design work, figured it out, did, did the project, which came out beautifully, very successful project. And the funny thing was, no sooner had we finished that project when... Uh, another potential client asked us exactly the same question. So had they seen the, the first one or there was just a coincidence that you had two clients ask for the same thing? Completely coincidental or not coincidental as uh, depends how you look at it. Um, we finished that project and when we did, we decided that there was probably a pretty good business need here, uh, a market niche. There was uh, no company in the U.S. that was doing an adequate job um, designing and building conservatories. All the product coming from U.K. was was, was kind of backyard, um, shed type of stuff, construction. Really not at the architectural level that I knew as both a craftsman as an architect. So we decided that there was an opening in the market and we decided to rebrand our company. Uh, Jettison the, uh, the design build except for the conservatories and uh, go hard after that. And that was about 25 years ago. So we have built the business steadily from there. Um, we, in the very beginning, started buying parts and pieces from off the shelf manufacturers uh, and gradually vertically integrated the company. We now have about 40,000 square foot on the Eastern sh shore of Maryland where we do virtually all of the design, engineering, fabrication ourselves. We have our own um, in-house installation teams. We've done projects for, uh, from locally to um, China and Africa. So we've been very, very happy. We have a great team and we're really excited about the future. So are the conservatories, are they um, prefabricated? Are they designed and built at your facility and then shipped or they build on site? They are prefabricated because the construction of a conservatory is completely different than typical stick framing. So with stick framing, you would build a, uh, a solid wall and then there would be an opening in that wall into which you would put a window or door. With a conservatory, the structure of the windows and doors actually is part of the structure of the conservatory. So it's a completely different way of thinking about design and building. So we do prefabricate uh, in our shop. We build large wall sections, roof sections, knock them down, put them on a truck or in a container and ship them 
anywhere across the country or around the world, at which point our um, assembly teams would arrive on site and do the installation. That's fascinating. Could you could you could you go into the organization and the structure of the organization and how that process works from design through fabrication through construct you know construction? Sure. Um, most of the time, uh, an architect or a client approaches us with uh, with an idea. If it's an architect, usually they've got some sketches, some design ideas, and um, we. We have a uh, design department, so we're able to take the architect's design and his concept um, and apply the specialized knowledge that we've gained over the years. So usually I find one of two things. Either uh, the architect or designer has conceived of something which is, um, which is very complicated and in a lot of ways unbuildable, and then our task is to uh, without losing their concept, bring it into the realm of what can be done um, uh, within budget as well. So, uh, so that's that's one that's one side of the business. The other is when the architect comes, and this is probably the more frequent scenario. So, uh, architects not knowing um, in depth about conservatory design and construction don't realize all the dimensions that their design could take and all the options that are available for them. So there it's taking their design and sort of um, enhancing it and maybe um, suggesting some additional features or some additional design directions. And it becomes a very collaborative process. Either way, um, it's a collaboration between ourselves, the architect, sometimes the builder, sometimes the client is involved. Um, and we will usually do uh, go through a process of conceptual design and design development uh, as sort of a precursor to the actual construction documents and the manufacturing documents. And we don't do that until everyone is, is in agreement with what the design looks like and what it's going to cost, because budget is a very important part of every one of our projects. Uh, who, who's your typical client? Is your client typically the architect, or is it the 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 homeowner? I would say most of the time it's the architect. Mm -hmm. The architect has been contacted by the owner. Uh, perhaps they're building an entire new house. Perhaps it's a renovation. Uh, but there's always other work involved. And so we're, we're brought in to do the conservatory piece. Um, it could also be a greenhouse, a swimming pool enclosure. We also do some very um, elaborate uh, custom skylights and lanterns from classical to very modern designs. And once again, normally I find that the architect is just not aware of the capabilities and the possibilities and so it's, it's a bit of an education process as well as a design process. Let's take a quick break here to say thank you to our platform sponsors here at Entree Architect. We could not be doing this without them. NCARB, True Style Doors, and FreshBooks. Do you know someone in your firm who's always dreamed of getting licensed but was unable to complete the experience requirement? Well, maybe that person's you. Well, now, 
you or they can get back on track with NCARB's new AXP portfolio. With this option, seasoned professionals can complete the Architectural Experience Program, the AXP, formerly the IDP. That's what we used to know it by. It's changed. It's new. You can now complete the AXP by submitting an online portfolio. Along with meeting your state's education and examination requirements, the portfolio will help you or your employees get one step closer to becoming an architect. Learn more about the AXP portfolio at ncarb.org slash entrearchitect. Have you ever gone back to a completed project for a visit and found the doors sticking or the seams splitting in a very unhappy client? I've been there. We are in the client happiness business here at Small Firm Architects. And when a piece of our project fails to perform, especially one that our clients see and use and touch every day, it makes us look bad. Well, true style will make us look good. And true style is passionate about providing us small firm architects with the inspiration and the tools to transform our designs with the most authentic and distinctive doors available. With more than 400 made-to-order styles, TrueStyle offers beautifully stable, premium MDF doors for painted applications and 20 standard species of wood across all architectural categories from traditional to contemporary and everything in between. Every TrueStyle door is made-to-order. TrueStyle, driven by design. Visit TrueStyle.com, that's T-R-U-S-T-I-L-E.com, and start designing your doors today. 192 hours. That works out to about two business days per month. If you're an architect using FreshBooks, that's the amount of administration time that you could save in 2017. That's time that you can be spent doing the things you love, like being an architect. FreshBooks is so fast and easy to use that it changes the way we deal with our paperwork. FreshBooks has been completely redesigned from the ground up and custom built for the way that we work. With the new projects feature, we can share files and messages with our clients and our contractors and employees. With the new notification center, it's sort of like a personal assistant. You'll always know what's changed in your business since the last time you logged in. So when you're ready to give FreshBooks a try, go to freshbooks.com architect and sign up for your free 30-day unrestricted trial get the whole thing for free for 30 days and get the simplest way to be more productive, more organized, and most importantly, importantly, <laughs> get paid faster. Go to freshbooks.com architect. That's freshbooks.com architect. And be sure to enter Entree Architect in the how did you hear about us section. Let's go, let's go back to where when you first started the company. And that those first two projects. So you you have this design build firm. Um, so you so first you started as an architect, and then you sort of saw that your strength was construction. It was some you know, the passion was construction. So let's merge the two and do this design build company, uh, and that was working. And then you you get these two projects for conservatories. Um, what inspired you at the time to abandon the company that's been feeding you and your family? to start a company that's very focused on one specific niche and really focused. I talk about target markets all the time here at Entree Architect, and that's why I want to bring this up. Why did you abandon what was feeding you for something that was so specific? 
Yeah, that's a great question. I think the answer is probably because I'm crazy. <laughs> that's a great uh, answer. You know, if I had a lot of, uh, of sense at the time, you know, I probably would not have done it. But I loved these rooms. The more I, I got to know these rooms and the more research that um, that we did on the conservatories, um, particularly the old historic ones, I absolutely fell in love with these. I thought that these were the were the the coolest spaces around um, having all that glass up in the roof and having that beautiful structure that was so expressed um, the, the structure on these rooms is uh, the major design element and I just love that and I love the fact that in the middle of the winter you could grow an orange tree mm. and you could have tropical fruit in these rooms um, and there was a wonderful history that as I got to know I just you know, this was just something that I fell in love with. And, and you could become the best at it. You could become the, you know, the expert, right? So when you focus on something that specific, you can, you can be, become the authority in that, that piece of the business, right? I, I think you have to love what you're going to do to be really successful in it. You have to have a passion for it. Um, to be really successful. And, and I, I think that that's been probably the driver of the success that we've had. Um, we tend to um, attract people who are passionate about these beautiful buildings. Um, we've had people call us up. Um, there was one fellow who called us up from Canada. Uh, he'd been uh, he'd been surfing on the web, found our website, and was so impressed with our work that he called us up and he said, I, I want to come work for you. Can, can I? And uh, we, we did hire him. So uh, the other people here um, were a group of very, very passionate folks from the craftsmen uh, who do the work to our design team and our engineering team and uh, the people who work on the project management side. What would you say is you know, you said when I when I said what inspired you, you said that maybe you're crazy. What what were some of the the biggest barriers that you experienced when you first started? Well, um, undoubtedly, that conservatories were not known uh, much on this on this side of the Atlantic at that time. So it was a it was a very very young market, and so we were kind of brash to step out there. Um, as we found some measure of success, the competition from uh, from the UK became very, very fierce. I think at one point there were five or six or more companies that were all trying to sell their product to a fairly limited sized market in this country. And we had to compete against that. And these companies were from England, the mother country. Um, People at the high end of the market tended to um, like product coming from overseas. They, there was some kind of aura about it that maybe a U.S. company didn't have. So it was a bit of a marketing challenge uh, for a while in the beginning. Um, interestingly enough, um, I don't think any of those companies exist anymore <laughs> or are certainly servicing the U.S. market. So I think... Um, our passion is sort of worn out. <laughs> and that's, you know, sometimes that's, that's the answer, hard work and perseverance, right? You have to yeah. out, outlive the competition um, yeah. and just, and just do it better than they do. So you're, so you become the preeminent brand. 
Um, yeah. We, the other thing that yeah. the other thing that I think um, has been a foundation of our success is our willingness to to think outside of the box. Um, uh, early on, we recognized that there was a sort of typical conservatory image uh, that came out of uh, Europe. And we started to push that envelope um, very, very substantially. So we started to work much more with steel and introducing uh, steel structures into a wood room or um, doing interesting work with uh, copper or bronze and incorporating those into the designs or, or bringing back the technique of lapped glass glazing. Um, so we were always looking for something that was, uh, that, that was, it was cool, you know, and that we would become passionate about these things. And so people would come to us and they would say, I remember there was a very interesting project we did for a gentleman outside of Boston and it was a greenhouse and uh, we did this uh, really beautiful design for him uh, that used some uh, techniques that had not been used before that I had ever seen. Um, one of them was the lapped glass glazing and he, before he would uh, sign up for the project, he said, um, Alan, um, this is great, but I'd like you to give me uh, some names and phone numbers for some people that you've done similar projects for that I can go <laughs> look at them. And I had to say to him that um, I can't do that because, well, in reality, this is the first time we're ever doing this. Um, but at the same time, we do this on every project. In other words, Yes, there are many things on this project that we've actually never done before, but on almost every project that we do, there are things that we have n never done before. And so we have developed the awareness and the systems to allow us to successfully pursue new technologies, new design features, and be able to pull it off on a single job um, on short order. Uh, many, many of our, of our projects uh, have been done like that, and and we have some very very unique design directions that we've gone into. Do you think that that you being an architect and coming from the from the architecture world first before you know becoming an entrepreneur or even a a, a builder, do you think that there's a there's a an advantage to that? Was there? Do you think that some of your success or specific uh, turning points were the result of you being an architect first? Oh, absolutely. Because I was focused on design um, and our entire team is focused on design. Um, we I think that's driven a lot of the uh, of our success. It certainly has differentiated us in the market uh, between companies that strictly manufacture, um, you, you know, for for a typical manufacturing company really the bottom line is you know profitability with us it was always yes we have to be a profitable company but we're trying to do beautiful design work we're trying to do great design work so design is foundational to who we are and doing a project that's um there have been times when we've you know sacrificed potential profitability for the sake of great design 
an architect through and through. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And and I would and I would say that probably your arch, you know, the fact that your target client is an is an architect. Um, architects probably appreciate that the company is led and driven by an architect that 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 you have that architect mindset, which is different, which is unique than any other profession in the world. Um, yes. Architects and and you you know um, uh, use that in your marketing, right? So so you that it's an architect owned company. Um, so I think it's I, I wanted to bring that up because I wanted to inspire some other architects who have these ideas that may have this passion to to take the leap um, and uh, and start something that's not the traditional architecture design firm. Um, I, I, I want to inspire and encourage architects to do things beyond the traditional role of architects. And so I, I like hearing that, uh, your story, uh, was, was there, was there a point, um, that, that went from startup and struggle and, you know, to sort of get to the, get to the, uh, a more successful company? Was there a specific turning point? Was there a big win that you had that sort of, you can identify that this is what happened that sort of turned it from this startup struggling company to a more successful, more established company. I don't know if I'd say that there was one point or one project. I think it's been a gradual, um, a, a gradual path. So as we've developed our the steel side of our business, that's that's been a huge, uh, a huge help. Um, yeah, I think it's just been a lot of small steps have made it possible. What What does your team look like? How big is the company in, in terms of people and, and you know the different positions that they have? Yeah, well, there's 30 of us uh, in-house, and then we've got a lot of outsourced partners. Um, so we, we've got a much bigger footprint than it actually might seem. Uh, we've got uh, our drafting and engineering staff. I think we've got six people there. We've got... Um, two other designers, um, and then our production teams are probably uh, 15, 16 uh, production, and then we've got uh, outsource folks that we use for some of the installation and some of the production of parts. And then of course there's an administrative side of the business. Yeah, yeah. Um, Alan, thank you for sharing today. This, is, uh, this has been a really interesting conversation um, and I appreciate you for joining me at Entree Architect Podcast. Well, thank you very much, Mark, for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun to share. And uh, I, I hope that my vision and my experience can inspire other architects to do things that they might be passionate about, but are outside the traditional architecture path. Your website is tanglewoodconservatories.com. That's uh, correct. You're on social media, Twitter at TW Conservatory. Uh, Facebook dot uh, Facebook.com slash Tanglewood Conservatories uh, and you're on LinkedIn as well and we'll have all those links in the show notes um, before we wrap up Alan I want to ask you the the same question I ask all my guests I want to ask what is one thing that a small firm architect can do today and build a better business for tomorrow something that they can do sort of actionable now and see result in in the near future um, I would say don't try to be Frank Lloyd Wright. And by that, I mean, bring in the experts early. Don't think that you can do everything that yourself. The world has changed. Uh, buildings are much, much more complicated. 
and business is much, much more complicated. So whether it's on the technical side, um, you know, bring in somebody who understands glazing systems or in our case, conservatories and can really help push that forward on the technical side or whether it's on the business side, um, reach out and get the help early that you need. We've got a very, very um, uh, high powered and very active advisory board. Um, I've got business mentors. We bring in regularly people to assist our sales team, our HR team, our engineering team. Um, I recognize that um, by myself, I've got limited capabilities and I know that if I'm going to grow a successful business, I've got to bring in a lot of people with a lot of experience to help me do that. Yeah, but you have to build a team. It's it's difficult to to reach the success of our dreams if we're trying to do it all by ourselves. Yep. Thanks for spending some time with me today here, Alan, uh, and sharing your knowledge here at the Entree Architect Podcast. Complete show notes and a direct link to download this episode will be found at entrearchitect.com slash episode 156. And don't forget to visit the website at entrearchitect.com to gain access to our digital course, Profit for Small Firm Architects, and learn how to build a powerful profit plan that will work for your small firm. Visit entrearchitect.com slash free course to go directly there. Hundreds of your fellow architects have already taken this course. It's a great place to start building a better business and it's free. EntreeArchitect.com slash free course. Go sign up right now. My name is Mark Arlapage and I am an entrepreneur architect and I encourage you to go build a better business so you can be a better architect. Love, learn, and share what you know. Those are the things you need to know. Those are the only three things you need to know in this world, in this in this world we're living in right now of craziness. I don't even want to get into that. Just love, learn, and share. And the world will get better. I promise. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. I've mentioned it to my family, but in terms of telling people like, oh yeah, we're doing this, I'm looking for projects. You got anything? Yeah. I'm, I'm not there yet because it scares the out of me. Dreaming of launching your own architecture firm? Well, buckle up for a wild ride with Emerging, the podcast that shares what it's really like to start an architecture firm. Where do we begin? We don't even know what type of business to formalize as. Is it an LLC? Is it an LLP? Like how are taxes? I mean, the list is astronomical. Season one featured founders Jeffrey, Lexi, and Chris, owners of Level Studio Architecture, are your fearless guides on this unfiltered journey from napkin sketches to a thriving studio. One evening, stumbled into one last dive, we sat at the bar and pondered our postgraduate futures. 
Amidst the conversation, a napkin became the canvas for our aspirations, sketching plans and milestones, sealing our heartfelt commitment and shared dreams. In drawing down dreams on a napkin collectively, that <laughs> then, you know, in your head, you've rooted like, oh, I'm connected to these people, like long term. The process of starting an architecture practice brims with excitement and challenges, demanding meticulous planning, flawless execution, and unyielding resilience. I kind of hate the term because it's so overly used, but I think everybody knows imposter syndrome. And I think it's it's so real to this day. I, I, I don't know if it's with everybody, but with me, I'm always questioning like, us, can we do this? Are we ready to do this? Are we prepared? Can we do it? Did we just decide a name? <laughs> we did it, guys. Oh the one that God. came out of nowhere. Woo! It came out of nowhere. I liked it. I saw it. Ready to turn your aspirations into reality? Follow the link in the show notes to subscribe to Emerging and chart your own path to architectural success. Calling all small firm architects. It's time to tap into your full potential with Entree Architects Context and Clarity where inspiration meets innovation. Hey, it's Mark Arlapage, founder of Entree Architect, and I'm inviting you to join my two favorite co-hosts, Jeff Eccles and Katie Kangas, as they bring together authors, experts, and thought leaders for electric conversations with entrepreneur architects around the globe. It's not just a podcast, it's a community where dreams meet action. There is a simple equation there. And what for me, what that did, just doing that basic calculation was it allowed me to compare what I had actually saved in my retirement accounts to what I thought a possible projected annual spend might be. Artists are temperamental, so beautiful design is going to be a priority. When the job is done, we're going to actually need to live in the house, not live with the person who designed it. <laughs> so for me, the, the artistic skill, the architectural skill is most important. And so I would say like that would be 60% of it, if not more. Gain insights to build a successful practice. Subscribe, engage, and let's redefine your future together. Join the Context and Clarity community, where every conversation adds to your blueprint for success. <laughs>